Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in April and May, so you can smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got Monte Cristo, Especialis No. 2, San Cristobal de la Habana, El Principe, Cohiba, Siglo 5, H. Upman, Half Corona, and Hoyo de Monterey, Double Corona. And for New Worlds, we've got E.P. Carillo, Allegiance, in Sidekick, Davidoff, Late Hour, in Robusto, Aging Room Quattro, Nicaragua Sonata, in Maestro, Dunbarton, Tobacco and Trust, Sin Compromiso, Selección No. 4, and the Davidoff, Winston Churchill, in Bellicoso, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us. Hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. Our podcast is supported by the Fabrica 5 Cigar Company. It's a handcrafted and artisan story built with a strong foundation by two legends, Rob Isla of Friends of El Habano and Bon Roberts fame, and Cuban master blender Hamlet Paredes. The entire line is crafted by Rob and Hamlet and refined with feedback from a hard-nosed tasting panel, the Friends of El Habano Forum, and smokers like you. You can jump on the FOH forum right now and post reviews and comments that go straight to the powers that be. They're already fantastically priced, but exclusive to Lizard listeners. Fabrica 5 is offering 10% off Puro Desnudo Ninfas N7 5-packs and 50-count bundles using promo code FAB5. That's F-A-B-5. Right now at Fabrica005.com. Plus, worldwide free shipping from Miami on all orders over 125 bucks US. This offer only lasts one more week. Again, use code FAB5 for 10% off Ninfa's five packs and 50 count bundles for the next week at Fabrica005.com. That's Fabrica005.com. You must be 21 years of age or older to order Fabrica5. No boxes, no bands, no bullshit. And now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards podcast. It's so good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo. Tonight, I'm joined by Rooster, Senator, Pagoda, and Bam Bam. And our plan is to smoke a cigar, drink some whiskey, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your 106th official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard. Plan to meet us here once a week. We're going to smoke a New World cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our formal lizard rating. We answer some listener email about cigar towers and seasonal humidity changes. We have our first ever podcast cocktail, and we lament over brick-and-mortar retailers who don't understand their own products, all among a variety of other things for the next 90 minutes. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar, and enjoy as we pair Bullet Bourbon Frontier Whiskey with the Foundation Cigars Olmec Robusto in Claro. A Nicaraguan Robusto tonight on the pod from Foundation. It's called the Olmec. And this version that we're smoking tonight is the Claro. It also has a Maduro. It's a 5 by 50 ring gauge cigar. And um, I've seen a lot of guys smoking this, Bam. It's a popular cigar. I, I feel like every time I'm in a lounge somewhere, I always see this black and yellow band yeah. uh, being smoked. I don't know why. I've um, never had one. I've never known about them until we did the other foundation cigars on the pod, but true. Um, people seem to be loving this cigar. I've had this four times prior to tonight. I kind of like it. Has it always been the Claro? Yes. Mm. I had one Maduro. Was this a listener recommendation? Yeah, we've actually had some other listeners saying, hey, with foundation, try the Olmec. And then, oh, cool. you know, also I've seen so many guys smoking them in lounges. I figured they must be pretty good. So yeah. we'll see tonight. Yep. But first, boys, let's cut this thing. See, we're getting on the cold draw on the wrapper. 
it feels for a robusto. It, for some reason, in my hand, it feels insignificant. It's like light. It just feels like dainty to me. Yeah, yeah. And the draw is wide open and very, very floral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not significant in my hand. No, you know, and, and for a robusto, you know, I, I guess I'm comparing it to a Padron Exclusivo or something like that. But I, I mean, this, this is a little shorter, right? It's uh, I, this is five by fifty. It doesn't feel okay. like a what's the exclusive of five and a half? I think it might be five and a half. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think it's just a half inch. I had the same reaction looking. I'm like, this is a small robusto, and I think it's lightly packed too. Like yeah. it's not. That's true. It is a nice looking cigar though. Yeah, I and will that, say the wrapper smells great. Yeah, and the cold draw is actually very nice. Yes, tons of floral notes. Yeah. Mm. All right, boys, we'll cite this thing. The Foundation Olmec Robusto and Claro. Again, it's a 50 ring gauge cigar by five inches long. One of five in the line. Offered by Foundation. How much were these? These were 12 bucks. Okay. I think you could probably get them a little cheaper, like if you bought a box or something, like if you're really into them. Yeah. But I bought uh, I bought two fivers for us tonight. Cool. I went to a um, a local shop months ago. And they were presenting these cigars. It was packed with people. Packed. Really? There's a big following behind this stick. Well, Nick Malilo, who founded Foundation in 2015, is the guy who's uh, primarily responsible, alongside Steve Saka, mm. for blending the Liga Pravada line for right. Drew Estate. So right. he himself has had a following probably going on almost 20 years now. And then his brand he, he launched about 10 years ago, which, you know, this yeah. is the third... Of his brand that we're smoking tonight. I know you'll get a chuckle, but you do get a lot of citrus on this light, I think. I agree with you. Right. A little citrusy. Lemony. Yeah. A little, it's, little, it's like a little tart. It's kind of yeah. weird because on the cold draw, I don't know. I thought I tasted tea. I don't know. Yeah, no, he's right. We've it's called that out before. Here. Floral it, tea, tea kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was like. That's uh, accurate. I don't know. I thought that was strange. I said, I should just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> Never. Not you. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to work very hard tonight to not smoke this in 40 minutes. It's wide open. I feel like it's it gonna, I'm going to fly through the cigar tonight. Yeah, it feels like that. So what are you guys thinking on the light? Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. They list this as a full cigar in strength. Um, I certainly would not say that on the light. I would say it's hovering firmly medium, just, you know, maybe just above mild. Yep. You know, cigars like this are interchangeable with a lot of other cigars. Yeah. Like this for me is kind of reminiscent to the aging room cigar. Mm. Just in the same, the way it's made, the way it smokes, the price point, it's kind of in that medium range of sticks that aren't super premium, but they're not low grade. It's a decent cigar. This is so far better than the aging room. I, I think it's smoother. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. The aging room still had a little harshness. I believe yeah, if I remember right. correctly, this is true. Still had a little oomph to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember I have aging room on and off uh, because uh, some of my friends have it all the time and I kind of like it. It's a pretty easy smoke. Yeah, and, I like it too. Yeah. Very, uh, you know, it's like, it's uh Somewhat short of being a Padron, I think. Padronesque. Exactly oh, right. From what yeah. I remember, I think the aging room had a little bit more spice to it. It did. Do you agree? 
I think from the point of view of the grade of the cigar, they're kind of similar to me. Yeah. Interchangeable that way. Darker wrapper, though. Very right? dark. Yeah. On the aging room. Mm-hmm. Do you get just a, a little bit of barnyard in this? Mm-hmm. I was getting that on the foot on the on the uh, on the cold, you know, before we lit it. Yeah, I get that. On I was the getting finish, a little barnyard, but I, I I didn't sense that it was any more than I would get on a normal Nicaraguan or a Mexican San Andres wrapper. Yep. But I am definitely getting it on the you know I mean, on the actual smoke. For me, I feel like I usually from a, a Nicaraguan, it's more like earthy and less barnyardy, like more like forest you know grat like stuff like that where this is more just that kind of musty barnyard flavor note but the thing i'm happy about it's very much in the background i don't love a cigar that's got i mean grinder obviously here he loves barnyard in a cigar but yeah um it's just in the background that i don't think it takes away from the other flavors which is good i also think i'm getting that on the burn line too which complements what you're saying Mm, just a touch of manure (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Or horsefoot is up. <laughs> what are we smoking here? Dr. Scholes does not approve. <laughs> so the wrapper on this cigar is a Mexican San Andres. Binder is a combo uh, from Nicaragua, both from Esteli and Jalapa. And the filler is, as they say, undisclosed, quote unquote. Oh, that's interesting. It's a secret. Okay. So they do not reveal. The innards of the cigar. Uh, the cigar comes in five. Can you, can you not call them the innards? innards? <laughs> I mean, Jesus. <laughs> are you are you like filleting a turkey? <laughs> the innards. Hey, we're getting close. <laughs> we are. A couple weeks. That's right. So there are five sizes in the line. Both are offered in Claro and in Maduro. We have the Robusta that we're smoking tonight, which is five by fifty. The Corona Gorda, five and a half by forty-eight. The Toro, six by fifty-two. The Grande, which is a 6 by 60 and the Double Corona, which is a 7 by 54 That's a big cigar. I think we should have been smoking that today. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. No way. I also think there's a danger in this. I've had this cigar very quick, and it, it, it backfires on you if you smoke it too quickly. You push it a little too hard? Oh, yeah. So like I said, this is the third foundation cigar we've had on the podcast. The first was the... Tabernacle in Robusto Maduro on episode 43. And we did the El Wawense Wise Man Maduro uh, in Toro Huaco on episode 95. So now this is the, the guys are laughing at my pronunciation. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Nothing. Totally. Yeah, well the, done. The effort is there and we appreciate it, Gizmo. I just like how you analyze the room to see our reactions. Well, I, I look up and you're all laughing at me. I'm, you know, I'm trying to, trying to tell the people what we're doing. It's adorable. So these, <laughs> what were the Wednesday? 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 Yeah. So these uh, cigars come in very Cuban esque. I don't know if you guys saw this uh, in prepping for the episode, but it comes in very Cuban esque uh, cedar boxes. Almost reminds me kind of like a uh, like a Sir Winston box without the lacquer. Uh, Certainly, yeah. I think the cigar that's in it is a little different, but comes in twelve count boxes with the Olmec logo on them. So this cigar is named for the tropical lowlands of the Mexican states, as they say, of Veracruz, Tabasco, and San Andres Tuxtla, which we know that name Tuxtla from Tatuaje, obviously has some... That's a rooster favorite. Loves that cigar. My eyes light up. (laughs) (laughs) That's a holiday nightmare. (laughs) What's what's with the... uh, Look at the man. What's the guy wearing? A helmet. Yeah, it looks like like a a, helmet. Is he like an Inca? Well, he's an Olmec. 
Oh, he's wearing a beanie. Yeah. That's that's what this line is celebrating is the people that were there many, many years ago in the regions where some of these rappers are grown. Um, you know, that cigars we love, especially out of Nicaragua, are using these Mexican San Andres wrappers. What's interesting, too, Rooster mentioned this before we came on, the seed varietal is considered one of the oldest seed varieties that still exist in the world today. So I guess it's just been held, you know, I don't know if it rivals Cuban tobacco. Cuban wow. seed. You know, I don't know. Cuban seed, apparently. Yeah, uh, it must rival the age of the Cuban seed that we're smoking when we smoke Cuban cigars. But I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, like I said, it says that it contains the finest Nicaraguan filler tobaccos from Esteli and Jalapa Valleys. After fermentation, the filler tobaccos are bale-aged for three years before arriving on the production floor. Did you just retrohale? Did I? Yeah, you did. Very proud of you. Maybe it just happened. <laughs> That's the thing. That's what I can't. That, is, you know, that was impressive. If you ask me to do it, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm the exact happened. same. I had a pre-pod smoke, and I literally, I was sitting there, and I retrohaled just coincidentally. I was like, oh, that was amazing, but I can't do it on, on command. Performance anxiety. This cigar, the, the, <laughs> the finish is a little dry, isn't it? it? Is, I agree. Yeah, it's it is dry. Yeah, it's not giving me much right now. It's very, it's it's not very complex for me. One, it's not a complex cigar, one dimensional, I think. Uh, and I don't think I'm loving the 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 the, the texture of the smoke in my mouth. Mm. So I I agree that it has a dry finish and maybe a short to medium finish. It's definitely not a long finish. Not at all. But the only thing that I'm just a little, I'm intrigued in a good way, just the, the flavor notes that I'm getting out of this for a Nicaraguan are, are not exactly typical Nicaraguan notes, which I like. I mean, the fact that like the first note Bam called out was citrus, you don't get that typically on a Nicaraguan. It's like the first note you would pick up. So I'm just intrigued. There, there's something different here where I worry that this was going to be trying to be a carbon copy of kind of your standard Nicaraguan Robusto and just probably not done as well. And it's not, it's clearly going for something else. So it's at least keeping my interest of just where this is going to go. I think on that cold draw, I got that floral note. It's very powerful for me. That is consistent and it's dissipating, but it's consistent and it's there. And that citrus just evaporated after two or three draws. But that floral, along with the deep coffee and some earth, is what you're getting. That's what I'm getting. And the floral is unique. I mean, I, I don't know of yeah. another Nicaraguan Robusto That's that true. I would say I get floral notes out of. I really don't. This is definitely a smooth delivery of Nicaraguan tobacco. You know, even compared to some of the others that we've done and loved and smoked still after having done them on the podcast. With the Mexican San Andres wrapper, which, I, you know, Pagoda always calls out. Like, this is a very smooth delivery. I'm not sure I'm loving it at this moment. We'll see how it develops. Yeah. You know? I mean, just on, on the smooth delivery, the thing that I immediately think of, and I, Bam was kind of mentioning this before we hit record. I mean, if this stays this way all the way through, this is probably the best introduction mm. to a Nicaraguan cigar for a novice smoker. Absolutely. I think we discussed that before the recording. This is exactly what the cigar is. And it's maybe a great that's, intro cigar. Maybe that's what I'm missing in other Nicaraguan cigars that I, you know, that my palate is accustomed to is I'm I maybe I'm expecting a little bit more oomph, not in spice. I always say this when we have a Nicaraguan that's not very spicy. Yeah, body. I'm that's glad it. it's yeah. not spicy. Yeah. But I wish there was a little more body. I wish there was a little more complexity. Give, call it earth, call it sweetness, call it something coming in that's absent right now. But to your point, I think that 
the simplicity of this the flavor and this blend right now mm-hmm. i think is very appropriate for a, a novice smoker and just, i sorry go ahead oh i was gonna say just one thing i would disagree with a little bit there i wouldn't uh, to me the flavor is actually not simple or simplistic I actually think that there is a decent amount of complexity to the flavor profile of the cigar, which I give it credit for. I just think it lacks body mm. like we would want or expect from a Nicaraguan. Right. And I just say that because I can pick out several distinct flavor notes from where it started with citrus to floral to cocoa. There's a, a nuttiness, barnyard. I mean, the fact that all of those exist, that's not a simple mm-hmm. profile to me, which I give it credit for. And that's where I think like for someone that's probably used to a very basic, straightforward uh, flavor profile and a very mild cigar, this is probably like their best on-ramp toward some more complex cigars and some ones with some more strength. So I'm just saying, I mean, it's odd. Like I I feel like I'm going to be probably defending this cigar a lot tonight, (laughs) but it's- I um, like putting him in this position. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just, you know, we talk about so many sticks where we're like, this is probably not for me, but I could maybe see this is for someone else. And some we say, we don't know who this is for. I'm seeing a very clear lane for this cigar. And if this can stay like this all the way through, my rating will reflect that. Like I do think there is merit to something. Right. And that not the idea that this could be for a beginner or a guy or girl that's been smoking for a year could latch onto this. And because these notes are so pronounced, they'll gravitate to it and stick with it for a while until they graduate to an exclusivo maybe. Or even for a smoker like myself, for many of us in this room, I mean, if this stays like this all the way through, I would like this up in the morning. Yeah, with earlier a coffee. in the day, correct. And yeah. I'd be very happy. Yeah. yeah. Where I normally don't reach for a Nicaraguan in the morning, you know, I reach for a Cuban or something more medium if it's a Dominican cigar. So there, there could even be a place for this. Yeah. Does this remind you of a Padron at all? Not at all for no. me. Right. I mean, this has been compared to. A, I've seen it. No. Like they have. They've mentioned that it's it's kind of like a padrone, like in a family reserve line. It's not quite. No. It's not like that. No I think way. that's a. I think that's a, that's v- a very big reach. Oh, yeah. I to agree. hear it compared to that. I totally. I think this, like I said, you graduate to that cigar after a few years of smoking this. I think. I don't even think that this. <laughs> I don't even think comparison. there's a comparison point no. here. No. And I don't even say better versus worse. It's just different in the Padron Thousand Series line, you know, which is a similar price mm-hmm. pricing uh, strategy. I don't even think that these are in the same ballpark as far as cigar, you know, uh, in body, in in blend. I think those are actually a little harsher for me, young, than this is right now. Maybe yeah. Because Padrones are notoriously a little bit, have, have a little bit more oomph. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that this compares to any Padron that I've had. No, because that heavy floral note for me distinguishes it. So I, I agree with that. The only thing that oddly maybe this is somewhat like is is not any of the Padron Maduros but some of Natural. the Padron Naturals. That could be. Because those are lighter in, I mean, they're not mild, but they're certainly not as full-bodied as some of the, most of the Maduros really are. I mean, I think the lightest Maduro they make is, I would still call like medium full. Like an Exclusivo would be probably medium full. Um, so I just some of the Naturals, maybe this is somewhat like, even though the flavor profile is different. Yeah, but it doesn't, like Padron doesn't come to my mind when I, smoking this like right. not at all right i'm thinking more in terms of some other lighter cigars i'm not that i smoke that i'm thinking <laughs> which it's, ones it's could not be. it's not mild it's not you know it's got it's got a good amount of body yeah. i think it's even has some spice there's some pepper just I a mean, bit get some yeah yeah i'm, I'm even getting, getting 
I'm sorry. Sorry, Senator. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm even getting like minerality now. Like there's like this saltiness at the tip of my tongue as I'm taking a I'm draw. Actually, I'm getting that right in the middle of my tongue on this guy. I actually didn't take a draw for about a minute, minute and a half while we were talking. That's the way to do it. And I feel like as I'm slowing down, I'm getting way more flavor. Agreed. I'm let, you know, letting it build up. I think I'm getting, I would urge you guys to try that. To yeah. just smoke it a little slower. You need to I'm immerse about, the cigar. I'm about, what, three quarters of I've an inch? I've been doing it for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, since 2010, I thought. <laughs> I'm enjoying the discussion because I feel like there's a lot of times that we have a discussion about a Nicaraguan cigar that's not as uh, interesting as this to me, even sitting here, in that I, you know, I, I like that we're all kind of finding a different angle to it. And the thing I want to challenge you, Senator, because you have some pretty definitive um, thoughts on it, I'm curious, and not right now, if just rack your brain as we're recording, but what other cigars you would compare this to? And also, when you think about other cigars you've rated for that, you, you were saying that you see a lane for a type of smoker. What other cigars that we, we've reviewed or not, or you smoke or not, would you also throw in that same lane? Like, I'm thinking about that. So I'm, I'll just kind of toss that T-ball up. I mean, I'll you just know, say, for later, you know, you know, I'll give this more thought, but why I'm intrigued by this cigar is nothing else really comes to mind. And I think that there are times that we've talked about some Nicaraguans that we've done on the pod that, uh oh, Ash, all of us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all over myself. Sorry, Sam. We'll have Rooster bring his Dyson <laughs> next time. <laughs> So um, the, the thing that just surprises me, I mean, I feel like we've done some Nicaraguans before where we expected them to be bold in flavor and they weren't, but the flavor profile was so muddled mm -hmm. and muted that I wouldn't even recommend it for a novice smoker because you just, you couldn't make sense of what you were supposed to get there. And with this, I mean, every note is very clear distinct. and distinct and just put together. Like yeah. th there was thought put into this cigar in this blend yeah so I, i'm I, every i'm note, shockingly very very intrigued by yeah this you're cigar. not having to define the note and take time with it you know what it is and that's a quintessential novice cigar first timer you know uh i'm glad you said some thoughts being put into it because i was thinking about nick Melillo. everything he does it seems like he takes his time to figure it out and he's been in business for long enough and he's still going slowly in terms of developing his portfolio in a very organized and a very systematic manner. Yeah. And he has a lot of brands. But to your point, we talked about uh, Rocky Patel we did two weeks ago. You know, how many lines did we say he has? 50? 100? I've, you know, I don't remember. I mean... Um, 5,000. Turn off his mic, please. <laughs> Rooster's getting PS PTSD right now. He's getting angry. <laughs> and so Nick Malilo, having been in business now 10 years, effectively has 10 lines of, you know, varying, you know, varying quality and, and blend. So I'll go through these again. I know we've hit them on, on the prior two episodes. So anybody who wants a little bit deeper uh, dive into the history of Foundation and Nick Malilo, check out episodes 43 and 95. But uh, so they have the El Wawense Corojo and the Wise Man Maduro, which are sister cigars. The Tabernacle, which we did, like I said, on episode 43, the Robusto. They have the High Clare Castle. They have the Charter Oak, which I think is their budget line. They have the Olmec that we're smoking tonight, the Upsetters, the Manalik, the Night Commander, and the Matapa. I haven't heard of any of these cigars. So I haven't heard of the last four. I don't know much about those. But, mm. you know, again, it, this to, to 
Pagoda's point, this being the third cigar that we're smoking of his, also, if you want to add in the work that he did with Liga and those cigars that we've smoked and enjoyed, I mean, he's kind of he's kind of hitting home runs on the podcast. Mm. Yeah. Bam, have you Agreed. had the Maduro in this? I have. It is, it's a bit stronger than this and much more body. Oh, I'm sorry. There's an Olmec Maduro. Yeah. yeah. So this is the Claro. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah we're smoking yeah. Okay, the Claro. Okay, so then... I mean, let's say in That's fairness, what validates your point right. about Padron. And I'm like, this kind of reminds me just a little bit, not a lot, of some Padron naturals. Maybe that Maduro it's smokes closer. more like some of it the It is Padron closer Maduros. to most of the Padrons that we've smoked. So when I read the yeah. article, that's what they compared the Maduro yeah. to the Padron line. Yeah. So yeah. that yeah. you know, that does make sense. It has a very deep, deep, dark wrapper. Yeah, yeah because you know, very deep. Because when you think mm-hmm. of the Mexican San Andres wrapper, you're right. thinking about the deep, dark, you know, the cocoa coffee. So maybe that's something for next year. We put the Maduro version of this maybe in, you know, the Corona or even the Toro. Because honestly, I often say the opposite when I have a Toro in my hand. I'm wishing for a different size. But I think based on how I feel by, by you know, with this 5 by 50 I do think I would have preferred the 6 by 52 in this from a size standpoint. You know, which well, I'm, or I'm, the or Pagoda's the, thrilled to hear me say that. By the way, he yes. went up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> There's of also course. a five and a half by forty-eight. Yeah, the Corona. Yeah, yeah Corona Gorda, which well, I know. Which, you know, in Cuban yeah. cigars, we love that size. Right. We do. And I also love that size in the Liga Pravada series that he blended the Corona Viva. I oh, love, you love that. Cigar. I love yeah, that. Yeah. And I have those for next year as well. So, do they make a Lancero? No, they don't. <laughs> Gizmo's out. (laughs) (laughs) No pigtails, no Lanceros. I'm sorry. So Nick Malilo is based out of Connecticut. We've talked about that, like I said, on a previous episode. And runs his business from up there. And I wanted to mention, just talking about Connecticut, Arturo Fuente, uh, Carlito Fuente, was actually up in Connecticut in October, so last month. And it was his first time ever having gone to Greenwich, Connecticut. And he went to the what they call the Burning Tree Country Club. I guess they did like a big charity dinner. And in one night, Fuente raised $335,000 for the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. Incredible. In one night. Incredible. Th- over $300,000. Welcome to Greenwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess he did that, obviously, by the, the, the table fee, you know, the plate fee to get people in the door. But I guess he did a big auction, had a bunch of industry folks there. Everybody went. They sold one cigar, for example, for $5,500. Yeah, was a... <laughs> a nine-inch plus cigar in a wooden coffin signed by Carlito Fuente himself. One of the Opus Fuente, Opus X Perfection. Nice. Which we did on the podcast, if you remember. Not oh, that my. one. We didn't smoke the nine. Uh, oh, no, the, not the nine inch one. I was but. like, someone got robbed if they paid <laughs> that much for that cigar. Yeah, I mean, some lots closed as high as thirty thousand dollars. It was reported. Wow. Purple rare humidor's round of golf in the Hamptons. Trip to the Dominican to go to the Fuente factory with cool. Carlito. That's cool. Uh, Ten twentieth uh, anniversary Lanceros with a blue band, which I guess is very rare. You know, we're not an Opus podcast, but. Um, did, did you have someone attend and put in a bid for you on that? I did. I did. Well, I wanted the Lanceros, you know. It went for 25000 My cap was twenty three five, so they just edged me out. Uh, $2,500 a cigar. That's crazy. You know, you're talking, you're talking like Cuban prices, aged Cuban prices, crazy yeah. Cohiba prices for that. So it shows you what Carlitos developed with 
Opus X and, and his brand over the years, like this huge, cult of celebrity. Huge and following. Huge following. Huge. People like worship the guy. But it's nice to see them raise that kind of money for charity. I think that's brilliant. There's that and just what Carlito's done for charity uh, just generally. I mean, you look at like the rare, the pink rare pinks, line. Yep. Yeah. I just feel like it's always been a big focus for him, like really giving back. And uh, you got to respect that, Absolutely. what he's done. So other than breast cancer awareness, what other charities is he? Do we know what, what he supports? So the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. Let me look here for you. Did they ever come out with that cigar for Padron and vice versa? Not yet. I don't I, think it was supposed yet. to come out, I think, last year, the year before. I think it's coming out holidays this year. Actually, soon, maybe. But it's pretty well delayed. It's supposed to be out last November. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. So I, it's, at, it's at least a year behind. You can't rush the hands of time. <laughs> <laughs> is that on his That's ashtrays? Every, it's on every box. The hands of Carlito. <laughs> so the Cigar Family Foundation has a cigar family school. I think this helps. Dominican families and you know children. Oh, that's right. Need he builds schools. Builds there, schools yeah. exactly, and and helps folks to raise three hundred thirty-five grand. Man, that's that's awesome. that's incredible in yeah. one night. Oh yeah, so good for him. I gotta tell you, I'm liking the pairing tonight. So am I. Yeah, a lot. I'm shocked. I have two cubes of ice in this bourbon. Not neat, but pretty close, and it's pretty damn good, and very well priced. This bottle was 40-something bucks. So what do we have tonight? So yeah. this is just straight bullet bourbon. Bullet bourbon. That's it. Is there any age statement on this? Um, no, but from what I've read, on average, all of these, like bullet, maker's mark, um, bottles uh, right there if you want Woodford to Reserve, they're usually around four years. Oh, yeah. So we, I think we all came in anticipating that this mm. was not going to be drinkable yeah, in, in either with without a lot of ice or neat at all, well, and it's it's very serviceable as it is with two cubes. Yeah, it's tough without ice though. I gave it a try on neat. It's a little tough. Put just a couple cubes in. I mean, uh, it I put goes two. down. It transforms the drink too easily. It transforms the drink. It's fantastic. And I feel like it's a light bourbon, you know, it versus is. some of the other bourbons that we've had and I've had. Yeah, and with the Claro that we have tonight, not a Maduro cigar. With a Claro, I actually think it's pairing quite nicely with I this. like the floral notes in the bourbon that pair nicely with the floral notes in this cigar. 100%. I Works agree. Great. And the funny thing is, like, I fully understand for true bourbon aficionados, and I, I don't call myself one, um, you know, they're looking for a really rich, flavorful bourbon. And so, you know, a Bullet, a Maker's Mark, some of these lighter bourbons, obviously... Or don't garner any respect from folks like that. And I get why, but I do think, I mean, as we're talking about a cigar like this, or you just think about certain occasions where a hot day, the afternoon, where you don't necessarily want a full-bodied experience from a spirit. And we've talked about some lighter scotches that we like at certain times. And I think of something like this, just like I think of something like just regular Maker's Mark, there are occasions where you want something with some flavor but not a whole ton of body, not something overpowering or aggressive or overproof. And I mean, th this is so easily drinkable. It's, it's insane. And yeah. I think the thing that needs to be said too is sometimes you're in a situation where you don't have a lot of options. You don't have a total wine. You don't have a well-stocked you know, liquor store nearby and they have kind of the run-of-the-mill brands. It's nice to know that if you need to grab a bourbon, this is pretty damn good. I can't tell you the last time I've had it because I've just avoided it. I guess 
purely based on price. Yeah, and because it's citrusy and floral, this is a great summer drink. It is. Yeah. And I mean, to Gizmo's point too, you think of when you're at like a bar or at a wedding, right? A and wedding. there's like this limited a, options. Yes, absolutely. Like, yeah, I could sip this the whole night. It'd be very, it'd go down so easy. Absolutely. And the funny thing for great me, point. this is, um, I guess this validates at least that I had some semblance of taste at a, at a guess at a young age because I when remember he was 12, drinking. by the way. <laughs> well, I just remember Letting drinking. up a Padron at nine. <laughs> I just remember drinking like, you know, Bullet, like, some in college, but really like when you're right out of college and you know, you're not making a whole lot, you're yeah. trying to be, you know, pretty frugal. And so I remember like I would be able to sip this with ice on the rocks, or I mean, this is I think kind of regarded as like has to be one of the biggest mixing bourbons that exist. It's in like, you know, I think of like a mint julep or like so many events I've been to and like all the bourbon cocktails are mixed with bullet. It's true. And so um I've, I feel like I've drank a lot of this stuff, but it's been a while since I've had it, and I'm just shocked. I was expecting it to be harsh and something that maybe years ago what I would have thought was drinkable and now wouldn't. Mm -hmm. it, it's so easy to drink. Yeah. It's a great budget pairing tonight. That's, after, that's punching above its weight class. The bourbon has to be good if it's being used in some mixed drinks, yeah. some cocktails. So. And they've got a cool history also, uh, Bullet. I was looking this up just out of curiosity before we hit record. Um the bullet's been around for almost 200 years. That's amazing. It's wild. And it's, you look at you look at Knob Creek, which we did recently, and yeah. their history is so short. It's true. There's really nothing to talk about. Right. Like, I really had a stretch to, like, come up with some stuff that I thought was interesting to kind of color the 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 pairing experience a few episodes ago. Like You're a good color man. Thanks. Thanks, Pam. <laughs> Call me John Madden. <laughs> uh, but just going back to their history, they basically, uh, a guy named Augustus Bullet, founded it around 1830 he made the first batch the current recipe follows the original mash bill produced by augustus which is two-thirds corn one-third rye um, and as they've implemented today precisely it's 68 percent corn 28 percent rye and four percent mal uh, malted barley in its early days it was made at what was then called the ancient age distillery which is the modern day buffalo trace distillery which is a legendary distillery in kentucky then Seagram's bought the Bullet brand in 1997 and started distilling it at the Four Roses Distillery in uh, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. We did Four Roses Small Batch Select. That That's was right. excellent. Yeah. Yep, a long That's time right. ago. And then um, the brand was introduced in the U.S. market in 1999 in Europe and Australia in 2000. And then in 2017, Diageo, who owns everything, bought Bullet. And they opened a new, huge 300-acre, $115 million distillery that now only makes and distills bullet products. Sounds like they're selling enough of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you would think. I, mean, you, I, I would have amazing. never assumed that a company would put that kind of an investment in one budget liquor. Well, think about it. If That's a lot of money. If it's being mixed and it's being drunk with ice, it's being consumed, right? Yeah, there's a lot of volume going out there. It is a staple in every bar, at least in New York oh, City. Every single Everywhere. bar has it. around the world. It's, every liquor store has it's it. Bullet bourbon and bullet rye. Yeah. Plus the price point, forty bucks. I mean, you know, yeah, it's yeah, pretty affordable. Damn good. Yeah, very affordable. So, boys, we're about halfway through here on the Olmec Robusto Claro. What do you guys think? Yeah, hasn't picked up in strength. No, it's hasn't changed same. much. Yeah. Pretty consistent. 
I've slowed down a little bit, like Me I too. said, and I've been doing that since I said that, and it's actually really improved my smoking experience. Though. You're way ahead of us. Yeah, buddy. you're still smoking <laughs> you're, a bit too fast You're not slowing down there. there. <laughs> Jesus. I'm halfway it's... through. You're pulling a pagoda. <laughs> you're more than halfway through. <laughs> Pagoda's pagoda. got like double the cigar oh, that you have. Oh, that is not true. That's unusual. I have about three and a half inches there. Three yeah. inches. All right. All right. You're on a timeout. No, so, no more draws. <laughs> Just point to me whenever I can draw. We'll get, a, we'll, get, we'll get an intern to do the timer. So you mentioned kind of briefly there about using bullet in a mixed drink. Mm. So tonight, for the first time, we're going to make a mixed drink and consume it on the podcast. Roll up your sleeves, Pagoda. So we, Pagoda. We have a mixologist. With we us. have a mixologist. Mixologist Pagoda, Dr. P. And he's going to make us. Dr. P. Dr. P. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Please. But my name keeps getting. Oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's morphing. Well, I like that. <laughs> Dr. P. Now. Can we give a story actually before Pagoda makes yes. these? Please. So this is perfectly fitting because <laughs> I remember when Pagoda joined our former lounge before we really knew him. And I remember hearing about him from Rooster and I had just seen him once, but we hadn't really had an extensive conversation. And I just remember sitting in the lounge, probably with some of you in the room and Pagoda was with some like high school friends of his that he had brought over to the lounge and he's standing at the bar. He's brought with him everything to make Manhattan. He's got the full <laughs> setup on the bar He's sitting there mixing, making cocktails for people, handing them out left and right. And I'm like, I got to meet this guy. I mean, this is amazing. So that was By the way, I he kinda... didn't even know us and he would be handing out drinks. I remember when we first met, like he was just handing stuff out. Yep. I had told him about us. So he kind of had an idea. No, I don't remember that. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I'll tell you, uh, that lounge was also, you know, we've had some really good times there. Uh, it was fantastic the way it was set up at the bar and a uh, lot of fun, yeah. And, um, you know, we, like, between me and my friends, we always had a lot of, and every time we go to uh, either Carnegie or Merchants or wherever, I think our drink of choice is either the Belvini, uh, you know, need, and uh, some days we'll either do the Old Fashioned or the Manhattans. So, uh, you know, I'm uh, very comfortable making those. Giddy up. Do yeah, I start? Let's make some drinks. Oh, yeah. So this is the first time on the podcast we've had a lot of listeners, and I know we've teased it. I mean, it started, I think, on episode three when teased we were it? talking about... I've been begging for a cocktail. I know. Okay. The senator's going to make paper planes for us. Yes. Puba is someday, maybe episode <laughs> 300, going to make uh, Bloody Marys for us. There we go. We have a bunch of stuff, but tonight we're going to start with Dr. P, our mixologist. Can I assist? I'll, I'll uh, just take the cork out of the bottle. Pagoda's got a, a large vessel that he's going to use to mix this. I understand this is not to be shaken. Don't forget Bam stirred. Bam's contribution here. James Bond would be very pleased with it. Oh, sorry. James Bond would not be pleased. He's, no, the, he's uh, shaking, shaking, not, not stirred. Pagoda is only stirring. All right. He's carefully measuring the bourbon, making sure he's got just the right proportions. Well, Bam Bam's measuring. Oh, Bam Bam's. All right. So we're all going to leave here in Ubers. <laughs> <laughs> he's telling me what to do. I see. Uh, I see about uh, two, two, two finger pours. <laughs> wow. All right. That's, I think, the third uh, third shot of uh, bourbon that's, right. that's made its way into the uh, the vessel. That's Number four. That's the fourth. I've never seen Dr. P so focused. Okay. When it comes to drinks. <laughs> so now what is he pouring in there? 
All right, now he's got sweet vermouth, ah. which is a key ingredient in a Manhattan. And keeps it refrigerated. That's right. You must keep it Very refrigerated, important. right? That That's right. Once open. Fortified wine. It does go bad. That was very good counsel by uh, how, Puba. How long when it's in the fridge? I don't know if we discussed this. After you put a bottle of sweet vermouth in the fridge, how long does it last? If Puba it's... said months. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't go bad like wine does. Yeah. And it's putting in bitters. All right. Three. Eight. Eight dashes of bitters. So let's get the, let me just make sure I have the ratios. It was three shots of bourbon. No, four. Four shots of bourbon. How many vermouth? Two sweet vermouth. And then eight dashes of bitters. All right. Goda's got a proper uh, mixing spoon. A little ice. I see beads of sweat accumulating. <laughs> He's definitely stressing. You're not counting the stir, Senator? <laughs> 101, 102. That's it. <laughs> Let us pro proclaim the mystery of faith. <laughs> I feel like I'm in church with this, like, clinging right now. Oh. <laughs> Where's Pastor Jay? <laughs> oh. What are you making, whack juice? <laughs> yeah. No, all you need is really, um, you want to try it? Yes. Let's go. I'm making a pig. All right, so now Dr. P is pouring us. You know we have, some, our, we have some proper stemware. We have proper stemware with the 1086 logo. That's yeah. right. We have some martini glasses that you see a bar traditionally serve a Manhattan up in. Here we go. All right, Bam is the taste tester. Nice color on the drink. Very nice color. Fantastic, actually. Look at that. Perfect amber. Gorgeous. That's that's pretty good. All right. All right let's try All it. Right. That, that is go. pretty good. I'm excited. All right. I'm, I, I can't tell you the last time I've had a mixed drink, period. Cheers. All right, so Pagoda, thank you for the beautiful-looking Manhattans. Cheers, boys. Salute. To, to Dr. P. To Dr. P, the mixologist. <laughs> and our first mixed drink on the pod. Very exciting. Let's try this. Just the, smell it before you drink it. The nose is great. Oh, it does smell wonderful. It is. Oh, that's excellent. Pagoda, well done. This is really good. When it has the right temperature, it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, and the thank thing you. With, yeah. Damn, homeboy. I that's pretty good. A, I, I yeah. love this bourbon in this drink. It's so smooth. It's perfect. It, yeah, the bourbon, uh, the, the bullet bourbon works really well. I also do it with the bullet dry sometimes. And what does that do for it? It's, um, it's a slightly mm. different flavor. I think it's a bit less sweeter. Mm -hmm. Some people think it's a bit more sweet, but it's, I find it, it's just a slightly different taste. And um, so what you're supposed to also do is uh, have... Uh, orange peels and then put it around and then you just leave it at the garnish in mm -hmm. so it becomes a little you you want that little you know little citrus yeah, yeah little citrus <laughs> some people in the room like citrus <laughs> not me <laughs> that's very good and i love it with a cigar honestly the sweetness this is a great post-dinner drink if you want to avoid a dessert it's a fantastic end to the night i like it a lot yeah, yeah. well done so I, yeah i think this uh in this like now that I've tasted it, I would put a little bit less sweet vermouth in the next one, mm. so that it's a little, you know, less sweet and a bit drier. Yeah, very, very good. Cool. 
I think it works. I'm just happy there's uh I mean, I guess th- this bourbon is just so smooth. Um, you know, sometimes you get a Manhattan, there can be a little bit of a bite, even when you see them really mixing it and, and it's served cold. This is just, I mean, you could put these back. Yeah, this could be, be dangerous. very dangerous. Well, what, yeah. what what other bourbons do they use for uh, Manhattan's? I mean, Woodford for sure. Pagoda, you would know. Yeah, I, I typically use either Woodford, Reserve, or or Bullet. That's it. Those are the two I go. You know, with Maker's Mark, it just doesn't taste the same. That like woody flavor you get in Maker's Mark would overpower yeah. a cocktail like this. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think Mrs. Bam Bam would like this. No doubt about it. I think it. Mrs. Gizmo would love this too. Oh, yeah. Two or three of these. <laughs> Going to have a good time that night. <laughs> <laughs> By the by, the solo. Oh yeah, <laughs> get that solo fire pit going. Yes, sir. You'd be surprised that the second one always tastes better, and I wonder why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's but, really good, Pagoda. Thank so, you. So, in this, I I typically use just the Angostura bitters. I was looking for the uh, Angostura orange bitters today, which can be used in case you don't have you know the orange peels, uh, but they didn't have it. They do. They did have. There's another brand, Fee. I think uh, bitters, which I typically don't like as much. So I, I just said, let me get the regular ones and we'll do it without the orange peel today and we'll figure it out for the next mm. time. Nice. Very good. I love just like buying bitters once in a supermarket and like it shows up on the screen. You need to be ID. There's like. Is that true? Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's like so little alcohol oh, in bitters. It's like silly. Our first cocktail. Yeah, very cool. We have to do more of these. Yeah, we do. Paper planes, old fashions. Bloody, uh, Bloody Marys, of course. Oh, yeah. I was the beneficiary of many paper planes one night. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. <laughs> All right, oh, well, yeah. let, it, let it be told. So Puba <laughs> had sent a photo over our group chat that uh, he had ordered a paper plane somewhere in Denver, which immediately, not a good idea. The problem yeah, is... No paper planes in Denver. Not guys. in Denver, no. <laughs> it's the elevation. It's the yeah. problem. <laughs> no, the problem is a proper paper plane is actually very hard to find. I say this because I had my first one in San Diego without even knowing it. I just I met this bartender, this guy Heath, best bartender I've ever met anywhere, period. And, you know, one of those where, like, tell me what flavor notes you like and I'm going to make you something. And he makes me this drink. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. What is it? And he's like, it's a paper plane, but it's my take on it. He's like, I modify it slightly. Um, the proportions of a paper plane, everything's one-to-one. It's just everything is the exact same amount, but he modifies certain things, a little more of some, a little less of others. And uh, he actually made it with rye, which it's traditionally made with uh, bourbon. So kind of like Pagoda was saying how he likes to use rye in Manhattans. And um, I love this cocktail. So I just assumed you could go to any reputable cocktail bar and in a city and order it, and you'd have the same experience. And uh, I learned the hard way. You cannot. And finally, when I figured out what the downfall is in all these places, I was at um, actually a cigar bar in Nashville. There's this cool speakeasy. Uh, I think it's called like the Red Phone Booth. And you literally go into a phone booth. There's like a secret door, a That's whole thing. That's in Atlanta. No, no. This is, there's really? one in Isn't Nashville. Isn't there one in Atlanta too? Probably, but this is a different yeah. place. Okay. And um, beautiful lounge. Like awesome space, gorgeous leather chairs, dim lights, this insanely ornate bar. It's such a cool spot. And I just remember asking the waitress that came over, I said, uh, you know, can you, can your bartender make a paper plane? She goes, let me ask, but I'm pretty sure he can. Comes back. Absolutely. And I said, you have everything you need to make a paper plane. And the key thing is there's a zillion types of Amaro and a paper plane's made with Amaro Nanino. And 
she brings the cocktail back and I'm looking at it and it's way darker than it normally looks. And I take a sip and the first thing I knew, I said to her, I said, show me the bottle of a Maranino behind the bar. Just bring it here. She comes back. She's like, wow, you're good. She's like, we don't have a Maranino. He used a Mara Averna. And I said, that's why it doesn't taste the same. So it's really hard to find a good paper plane. And I assume Puba had a similar frustrating experience. So when this whole photo came about, I got a lot of flack on the lizard chat. Right, led led Rightful. by led yeah. by our MC Gizmo here, saying, uh, "Oh, I've only been waiting years to have a paper plane. I guess it'll be another three years till Senator makes us a paper plane." It's true. So, <laughs> what until if, I, until I was, you know, exactly now all of a sudden ingratiated. You've, you've in changed your tune. Paper. Oh, I have. So, what does a proper lizard do? You know, if he's called out for not providing <laughs> for his fellow lizards, he's going to rectify that not tomorrow, immediately, <laughs> immediately. <laughs> so after it was like one a.m. By the way, <laughs> it was not that late. But it wasn't 11 far 30, from it. Was, 11 yeah, 11 Bam showed up in pajamas. And, I uh, did. And so uh, and house slippers. <laughs> I go look in my bar. I had just enough of everything I needed to make a few of them. Loaded them up in a bag, brought it straight to the lounge. And I said, any lizard that wants a paper plane, meet me at the lounge. I'm going to make them right now. And what did I say? Sure enough, Bam Bam, on my way. Immediately. Immediately. So Bam's there. He took this. I have to say, Bam, is he, he was a videographer in another life. I should have hired him at like my wedding or something years ago. He takes this actually well. very impressive video. <laughs> Stop like, it, Bam. I like videos. <laughs> oh, we know. <laughs> no, but honestly, I had to I had to witness this for myself because we've been talking about this for so freaking long. I had to come. I was exhausted. I didn't want to come. Did it did it live up to Dude? All of They are speaking. delicious. This is also delicious, but it's a completely different cocktail. Totally yeah. different. Yeah. I haven't had the right paper plane. Remember I called you from a restaurant once? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it was citrusy, refreshing, lemony, beautiful. Earthy too. That's yeah. what the marrow does. On it's the finish. complex. The, the, so, finish, the earthiness I get on the finish. What is a marrow? What is mm. that spirit? Let's save that for the episode. Because ah, okay. It's a deep dive. Yeah. Okay. Oh, got boy. it. Okay. I just love that he interviews bartenders before he walks into a bar. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got to say, so. Can I see your CV, please? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry, but this guy, like, no exaggeration. This guy, he, so there's a great, this is for any lizard that's in the sand, in Southern California, that spends any time in San Diego. There's this, uh, another speakeasy place uh, called Prohibition Lounge, and they have live music there. Very cool. It's like, it looks like a law office outside. Obviously, it's not. You go down in like this basement, and they've just built, it's a small bar then seating all along the wall. And then they've got like a little stage that they have live music. And I've heard some great music there. And um, this guy, Heath, I would always go and make these amazing cocktails. And I remember one time I go back and um, I'm looking around and I don't see Heath there. And I know what nights he normally works there. I'm like, what happened to Heath? They're like, he left. I mean, I was distraught. I could have put this guy in retainer just to make me cocktails for the rest of my life. I would. I mean, that's how good this guy was. So funny thing is, I'm this ruined my. I mean, I am almost in a state of depression that I'm <laughs> never gonna have this guy make me a paper plane there. So we end up leaving because some other bartender tried to make me one. It wasn't the same. So we leave. We're trying to find somewhere else, and there's a place called it's like something like Whiskey House in in San Diego. And fun trivia fact: the single biggest collection of whiskey at any bar, not in the U.S., in the world. The most distinct bottles of whiskey, that includes bourbon, rye, scotch, any whiskey, is in San Diego at this place. What? I'm pretty sure it's like Whiskey House. Wow. 
And so we go in there and there's so many bottles behind this bar. You know, a library that has like the ladders you got to go up to get books yeah. and stuff really up high. There's that many That's bottles. incredible. It is insane That's when you incredible. walk in this place. And very random. Rooster has that ladder system in his connoisseur corner. At <laughs> yes, home. he does. I know. <laughs> 1910 <laughs> cigars. Let me get the Robania. It's a 1964. <laughs> so the funny thing is, I'm with a colleague and we sit at the bar. We're looking. The menu is like a, a novel. I mean, so many options. We're looking through this. And at first I saw a woman behind the bar and I thought she was going to help us. And the next thing as I'm reading the menu, this guy comes over and he's like, can I help you? And I hear this like raspy voice. And I'm like, that sounds familiar, that voice. I look up and I'm like, Heath, he's like, Senator. And I couldn't believe he now works there. Wow. And so I said, well, you know what I this want. Was, this was a match <laughs> made in was this, was like, uh, this was like, you've hey, got you, mail. You had Tom no Hanks. idea he works No there. clue. Wow. I just, we left so disappointed at Prohibition Lounge, just looked up like, where can we get a good cocktail? We find this place that apparently has this huge whiskey collection. We didn't know it held the Guinness World Record at the time. When you walk in, they have the whole plaque and stuff and we were reading about it. And just by pure luck, that's where he went to work. Bam, this was like cool. misconnections, you know? Serendipity. Do you keep in touch with him? Not in a while. No, because so I, I, I basically, I had a, a client in San Diego. I was out there every few weeks for like two years. And um, it's been a while since I've had to regularly be out there. So not well, anymore, but man, if we I have go a, back. We have a lizard budget to fly him in, right? We should do it. We should do it. And the other thing is like the bartending community is so small in a lot of these cities, like I mean, people know who he is there. Like, everybody knows who this guy is. That's so cool. I'm sure I could find and him. And San Diego is a great place to visit if anybody ever gets the opportunity to yeah, go there. Yeah, it's a there. great place to go. Never been there. Would love to go. The best the best weather. Oh, yeah. Cigar-friendly, too. A lot yeah. of cigar bars. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. Especially that old, old, uh, old town area. Mm -hmm. Really cool. Yeah, right by the gas lamp district. Yes. So now I'm, like, super pumped to have a paper plane. Obviously, Bam was raving about his experience. I had Senator four the other night. that night. Yeah. Amazing. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. My Tesla Wish drove I me home. there. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and this, this Manhattan is actually very good. And it is. It, it does get better and better as you drink it. Now, this has more viscosity than a paper plane, I feel. It does. Oh, yeah. For so sure. If you do four of these, you're going to be wheeling me out of here. It's This is quite... It's got a punch. Well... We got a long, long, long way to go tonight. So, <laughs> so boys, we had some listener emails I wanted to talk about as we're coming into the fall here. First, um, Lizard Bill, who is a you know one of the OG emailers, listeners from many, many moons ago, emailed asking about uh, what our tower recommendations are, specifically which towers mm. we're recommending currently. This will be a good. Discussion. And then also, as I <laughs> followed up with that, uh, he wanted to know what Rooster thought of his. Uh, new Vigilant Tower, the vault, because I don't think we talked about that after Rooster had gotten his vault this summer. So first off, I you know, kind of just going around the room, I know, so Senator, you and Pagoda have the Tower of Power. The Tower of Power. As do I. Very appropriate. And Bam does too. Yeah. With Cigar Oasis units in them. Right. And Rooster and I have the Vigilant Vault 2000, which is a custom build. You know, the Tower of Power, you can just go online and order. You also order the Cigar Oasis separately, and you're done. You have it in a couple of weeks, I, I guess, if they're in stock, wherever you're getting them from. For Rooster and I, though, you know, they make each of, the Vigilant makes each of their vaults to spec. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also double wide. It's a double wide. Yeah. yeah. Yours is a single. That's right. You know, single, single door. door. Yeah. You can, you can customize the Vigilant with, if you want glass front or if you don't. Mm -hmm. I initially did not want the glass front. 
but then when I saw Geza's yeah. uh, his house, it looks great. I'm like this is the way to go. Yeah, uh, especially with the lights and everything, it oh, looks yeah. really good. Yeah, because the light, the the strip is actually inlaid into the door yeah. area, not on the cabinet. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it it really looks looks nice. It projects and the light. It projects inward. the light. Yeah, and yeah. they chose the right LEDs. Like and there's it's no the shadow. Right, it's the right hue. There's right. It's not yeah. white. It's complete coverage, no matter how much well, you have or don't have in your tower. Honestly, that's important because if you have, let's say, if you've got a puck light underneath each shelf, you'll have a ton of shadow. That layout will project light inward, so you won't have any shadow. You can see all your boxes. Right. It's kind of cool. And the shelves are nice and deep. Yeah. There's a lot of space between, and you can adjust the the height of the shelves. So my unit, I have not ordered the Oasis as of yet. I'm running it just without it because the ambient, you know, the RH the humidity, is, yeah. it's pretty good because in the summertime, the the humidity goes up. So it stays around like 63, 64. So can I tell you something? Um, I think I mentioned this. I took my Oasis unit out mid-summer because it was so very did humid. I. So did I. I have yet to put it back in. I So that's what's funny. I'm, I'm actually on the verge now about putting my cigar oasis back in i was thinking the same thing so what's funny i didn't so i didn't technically take my cigar oasis out i just took the distilled water out of it Mm -hmm. because i have the auxiliary fans running at the top because i like air circulation happening gizmo designed gizmo designed that's right so i have and fabricated so i have that running uh that's tied to the cigar oasis so i'm just going to put the distilled water back in because we're coming to that time of year where Mm -hmm where my tower is in my my home and i'm sure for a lot of you guys here in the northeast we're getting to that point where the ambient in the actual room that it's in is going to start to drop as it starts to get colder and drier out so i'm going to have to put distilled water in and that's important too like you know to rooster's point i've always heard that a full humidor is a stable humidor you know obviously which is what rooster you know experiences by not having you know uh, a cigar oasis or humidification device in his tower it's pretty full so that's mm-hmm. why it's you know, maintains its humidity, it, it but now, yeah. now even for Rooster, I don't know if his basement is a little bit more humid than mine, um, but, you know, we're certainly getting to that time of year where, like, you know, for YouTube, Bam, like, yeah. we're going to have to put our yep. humidification devices back yeah, in. Yeah, like I said, I took it out. I've been thinking about getting it back in. My RH is pretty good. What's your yeah. What's your target date to put it back in, Bam? <laughs> Depends on the humidity. <laughs> I feel like next uh, September he's going to have it in. I'm avoiding this joke. <laughs> Depends on the hygrometer. All right, boys? Where is the unit? Is it? It's in the, the cellar. It yeah, is. It is. Next so to my office. So it stays kind of humid. Very, yeah. It's right now, it's hovering at 64, and it's been that six, between 62 and 65 for three months without the Oasis. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, so mine mine's a little closer to sixty right now, so I'm kind of getting to that point, which I like my tower low. You know, my my New Worlds I kind of like closer to sixty four, sixty five. Cubans closer to sixty two, sixty one. So I'm certainly getting to that point where I'm gonna have to yeah. put distilled water back in mine. But um, it's interesting, you know, the listeners are experiencing this too. I mean, even in Tupperware, you know, even if you have a great seal, every time you open that Tupperware and it's in mid-July, mid-August, or if you live in Florida, Texas, or, oh. I mean, you, all year round you're dealing with... You're probably leaving everything out down in those that you know those areas because the humidity is so high. Yeah, but I mean... It, too high. Too yeah. high. Like, high. what do you do? Yeah, you have to yeah. throw low boba in or, right. or you right. know... Call, some, call Gizmo and have him deliver a kitty litter. <laughs> some kitty litter. He'll get on the plane for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I guess my question for you guys, you know, based on the listener uh, question... 
you know, I think for Rooster and I, we're our towers are newer. We only got ours this year. Certainly, I would emphatically recommend the Vigilant Vault. Oh um, yeah, it's a great, system. Great unit. Well, like, it depends on the collector, right? Uh, I'm very happy with the Tower of Power too. It's a sizable unit. You guys have the double wide, so for the more seasoned guy or girl that's collecting a lot of cigars, Cubans, you're going to need a bigger tower, and that's what you have. Well, yeah, but also, you know, I mean, I lived in a Tupperware for like maybe eight months. Yeah, <laughs> it took forever to get that unit. So, yeah. so plan ahead if you decide on getting the vigilant. I mean, it's going to take at least four to six months to get it. Yeah, and you're and you're going to spend a lot of money filling that that unit. Well, if you already have the boxes, that's true. Tupperware. Yeah, that's not true. necessarily. I mean, if I got that, I basically I have two very large Tupperwares full in addition to true. my tower. Yes, that's true. Like that would all fit in the Vigilant, Plus, which would yep. be good. In the that's double true. wide, you're able to be more efficient with space and you're not cramming and you're not having to play as much Tetris. Yeah. You know, like oh, I, I am a Tetris master. Yeah. Well, I thing. was before yeah, yeah. I used to have the Remington. Yeah. Um, and, you know, now, now I have the double wide Vigilant. But it's like I, I'm just able to, and I have a thing now where I'm just not going back into Tupperware. Like mm. I'm done now. So, you know. Hold on. I got a question for you. What's that? Are you combining New Worlds and Cubans in your single unit? Yeah. You are. Yeah. So I split my interesting. Yeah. So my my long-term Cuban storage that I don't plan on touching for four, five, ten years is mm-hmm. at the bottom. Okay. So I have like a bunch of Sir Winston's down there, Lucy Cabs, et cetera. And they're locked in. And they're locked in. I look at them maybe once a year. The rest of the 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 shelf above that i only have one shelf dedicated to new worlds which is padron davidoff some of the cigars we've you know talked about on the podcast recently that we've all bought boxes of and then the the rest of the tower are cubans so you can't do that in a tower of power because of the the volume of cuban cigars that we have i have all of my new worlds and tupperware tupperdoors big big containers two of them my tower of power is full of cuban stock and i kind of like the separation of the two Personally. So you like to keep things separate? I do. I think we'd like to come and see it. Sure. <laughs> I think you're ready for another tower. But yeah, honestly, sounds like it. I, maybe. But the, the New Worlds, I do keep that at a higher humidity, just a little bit more than the Cubans. And I, I, for me, right. I don't have the talent that Gis has. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I resent that. No, you don't. It's a great name. Come on. Gis. So I, you know, for me, the separation makes sense. By the way, on the chat, the, the, the my my friends here in the room, my friends have changed my name from Giz to Gis <laughs> because I because I, I pronounced Tesla with a Z instead of an S, which they don't which like. It's just uh, incorrect. It's just it's it's a treasure that name. It's just a treasure, <laughs> and it was perfect timing, Rooster. You're just sitting there. You're talking about Tesla being pronounced with the Z. So should we call you Gis? <laughs> Fucking great timing. <laughs> It's perfect. Uh, so, uh, for Senator and Pagoda on on your Tower of Powers, do you share the same mentality that uh, Bam does as far as keeping things separate? Is everything commingled? Like, what do you guys do? So, I I for some reason I like to commingle them, um, but I do have them on different shelves. So, like, I have I'm trying to. So, basically, the the top two I keep loose sticks so that I can just easily grab stuff every day and I don't have to rummage through boxes. And uh, the top shelf is Cuban. The shelf below that's New World. And then for the rest, for box storage, Cuban, New World. Mm. 
So that's that's kind of been my system. Yeah, and in our tower of power, the humidity tends to kind of gravitate gravitate at the bottom. Bottom, yeah. A- any. Yeah, mine does too. H- that's true. Yeah. So New Worlds down there does make sense. Yeah. yeah. So like my single, I have a single tray of loose uh, Cubans in a cedar tray I got on Amazon, mm. which is awesome. It's like 20 bucks. Nice. Nice, you know, Spanish cedar. It, it works perfectly. I just slide it. That's on the very, very top shelf. So I use that for kind of quote unquote dry boxing or if I have loose loose cigars, I put that at the very top. And that's closer to 60 where the bottom's closer to 65. Right. I'm a huge advocate, honestly, for keeping loose sticks in a tower. I just say that because it, it's weird. There's no, I can't prove this, but there are boxes of Cubans that I've had where I've like pulled one from the box and I've smoked it and I've said like, mm, I'm not that thrilled with this. And then I'll just take them and just throw them up in that tray for like three months. And I'll just come back to it. And especially at the top where it's the lowest level humidity That's in the right. entire tower. You're almost dry boxing at the top. It, it's a world's yeah. difference. I mean, yeah. boxes yeah. that I literally would have contemplated just like moving and getting rid of versus taking them out and letting them kind of dry box for a couple months just up at that top. I can't emphasize how yeah. much of a difference it makes. Yep. Yeah, only thing I do different is I take the loose sticks and I put them in five-finger bags so they don't ah. touch each other and, you know, because the wrappers are sometimes very fragile. Right, right. When so you were a kid, did you keep your food separate on a plate? <laughs> <laughs> the peas all, don't all touch the vegetables. The, yeah, <laughs> the peas don't touch the chicken and the gravy stays over here. No, there was no chicken. <laughs> no chicken. <laughs> So I am a very, uh, I am very, very much in agreement with Senator on dry boxing, and I think that the important thing for any listener out there who's in a desktop humidor, who's in Tupperware, who's buying a cigar or a fiver at a time or a box of cigars, whatever your purchasing habit is, whatever, however you like to procure your cigars and store them, if that means you're buying them for the week, I am very, very into dry boxing cigars of course now you know like we're talking about inside our towers we effectively have a dry boxing system inside the tower but for someone who's living in tupperware like even for you bam with your new worlds Mm. like we experienced that on the podcast when i bring cigars in for us to smoke new world cigars like this one tonight this has been in my tower dry boxing for two months now if you look at the top shelf I Sorry. think we're I, yeah. I think we're experiencing the benefit of that when we smoke the Oliva Vilan Sarah. Agreed. We smoke this cigar tonight. Agreed. Coming down out of humidity from that that brick and mortar, which is shipping them with a sixty nine or seventy two percent bovida, it really matters. Yeah. So I so when I want to smoke my New Worlds, I will pull from the Tupperdor and leave them on my top shelf for a couple of days or a week or longer, knowing that I'll get to it eventually. And I think for me, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I use the desktop humidor for. Yeah, for dry boxing. Yeah, yep. Throwing like a sixty bovida in there. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So pagoda, what's your tower setup like? Is everything kind of commingled, or do you keep it separate? It's commingled. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm laughing because I still haven't set up. Uh, you know, what the hydrometer? Well, you have a hygrometer. Yeah, but your oasis is the oasis. I, that's yeah. the only one. So all my new worlds are in the bottom. All the Cubans are on top. And in the middle, I have all loose sticks. Yeah, so cool. there you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's working. Honestly, the tower is a revelation, man. The tower is so oh crucial. Oh, my God. Especially, if, you know, there's a lot of deals. I mean, on Facebook Marketplace, you can find used towers out there. So for listeners, this is not something that's terribly cost prohibitive. When you're investing in wow. cigars, if it's Cuban or not, 
you know, we're smoking a New World cigar tonight. Even for New World cigars, when you can find a deal, if you're able to buy stuff you like and store it and dry it out yeah. a little bit, like I don't think that the cost of a tower is really as prohibitive as I thought it was before I entered into the fray. Like I, I found it to be very reasonable, and it's like it's storing my collection that's so important to me. It's like it's important to have a vessel, and also for the bride. For Mrs. Gizmo, when she sees it with <laughs> the, the bride, light, when she sees the light on, it's like a piece of furniture. Like yeah, it looks amazing. True. Yeah. So I walk by my tower every morning and I just look at it and I go about my day. Get in a shower, get dressed. My office is right next door to my room. It's a nice thing. It's yeah, nice. Yeah. It's a it, you guys, you know, I'm I'm very thankful early in our lizard days to have gotten that recommendation. I'm very happy. Very, very happy. Yeah, I'll just say, I mean, for anybody considering a tower, you will always make the money back. I mean, you remember when I got my tower very early in the pandemic, I spent obviously a lot of money to just fill it, but the prices, because I could finally, when you see a deal, oh, that's exactly it doesn't matter right. what you smoke out there, you will come across at some point a great deal on yeah. a box of cigars that you love. And when I only had a desktop humidor or two, you know, I could just get like a couple boxes and that's it. And it's like, that's the best price I'll probably ever find that for at mm -hmm. that moment. And once you get that tower and you find a deal and you can buy five, seven, ten of those boxes That's right. and just store them and just watch over a year's time the price go up and sit there and say, look at all the money that I've saved. You pay for the tower with I'm, the money you're saving I'm getting by being able to store cigars. <laughs> From what he's saying right now, because I think the exact same thing. You're banking your cigars. If you're getting a great deal, buy them and bank them. And keep, keep them in that tower. And by keeping them in the tower, not only the increase in value mm. in your collection, which we don't buy to flip or sell no. or profit from, but it's also, look at the experience that we had with those 80th anniversary Padrones. Bingo. You know, oh. That's exactly what was in my head. Can you know, I just give the example on that? Go ahead. That box, when I got my tower in 2020... A box of those with VIP on Atlantic, I paid one eighty. Right now, they're two eighty. <laughs> I bought ten boxes at one time when I got the tower. Do you remember how right, cheap they were at one time? Right yeah. there, the tower back then I paid eight hundred for. Now it's obviously more than that. That purchase alone, the hundred dollars per box I've saved—that's a thousand dollars savings. That has more than paid for the tower just with my order of the 80th. Exactly. Forget all the other boxes. That's exactly right. And, exactly right. And the cigars, by being in the situation that you have set up for yourself in your tower, they've almost definitely improved. I mean, we know it because wow. I brought the 80th that I aged for four years, and we gave it a 10. Incredible. A perfect 10. It crystallized. Literally. <laughs> the only counter to that argument really is a cigar that has peaked or is past its peak that with time is not going to improve. And I think most of us have found that that's really only happening in a negative way, either with cigars that are just not previewing well, or just aren't ready, you know, aren't going to age well, or they're so old yeah, that, yeah. you know, they're just kind of past their peak. And we've smoked cigars where we've realized aging them any further won't bring you any value. So or, smoke them. Or experience, smoke them and finish them. But I think everything that we have in our collections will age very well. Yeah, yeah and if, if you have multiple boxes from different years, oh, yeah. you keep the older ones in the front, keep the newer ones in the back, and, that's, and you smoke out of the older that's ones. That's the amazing yeah. experience with a tower because you can kind of look at your age, your your box dates and really move them around and 
sample from time to time. And it's like, fantastic. And like, you know, I think both Rooster and, and Senator have said, you have a box that's not smoking great. You just put it in the back of the tower. Forget I'm going to revisit it. this in a year. Yeah. I'm going to revisit this in six months. Yep. And it's, it's, it's accumulating in value. And more importantly for what we do, it's, an, it, it, it's improving in its experience and flavor when you sure. do decide to smoke them. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Where honestly, when you have just a desktop humidor and you're in a situation where you get a box that you really don't like, it's just a bad box, right? Whether it's the factory code, the age on it, it needs more time. When you have limited space, you're sitting there saying like, I'm not going to take up half of my desktop humidor with these cigars that I hate. But when you have a tower, you just throw them in the back yeah, and you revisit it in a year or two and you may have a dramatically different experience and you're glad that in the desktop situation, you might have just given them all away or thrown them out because th- that's precious real estate. You know, you can only store so much there. You want the things that you can pull regularly and enjoy. That's true. And I think there's something to be said too about air movement. You know, certainly I experienced when I had stuff in Tupperware for as long as I did and then moving to the Remington, now to the vault, the the ability for air to move around these cigars, it it, it does improve that that experience with time you know, on, on every cigar that's in my tower, yeah, you know, true. nothing doesn't, everything benefits from time as, as far as I've experienced in my tower. In this hobby in particular, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, boys. So we're in the last third here of the foundation Olmec Robusto. What are you guys thinking? I like it. You know, I've had a bunch of these, honestly, and it's, it's a pretty consistent cigar. Yeah. I, I would like to try the Maduro. This. I think you guys I'm would cu- like that. I'm curious how that would. Uh... I've only had one, and it is more padrone like than this cigar is. I find this like everything we've talked about the floral notes that are kind of interwoven in this cigar. It's a different experience, right? Yeah, this is good. Yeah, it has picked up a little bit in strength it also has. in the last. Uh, you know, I would say like in the last third yeah. or so. Yeah. I was going to say the exact same thing, Rooster. I think the last third picks up in a very very nice way. And gets like close to medium full, yeah, which is probably where most of us our kind of sweet spot is. So the last third I've enjoyed more than anything, and I mean I'm I'm smoking this down to the nub. That is a shocker. Does not happen often. It does not. And and like Rooster said, I would definitely want to try the Maduro in this. Yeah. No, same here. Uh, you know what I found was uh, halfway through the cigar was the first time I felt a little bit of the you know Miller. Miller minerality which you had mm-hmm. mentioned um and i did also get a little bit of spice towards uh you know the uh, halfway through the cigar and i think that's somewhat muted a bit but overall very very uh nice i'm really enjoying it i would love another manhattan mm-hmm. they are so good well when we're done recording we're, di- <laughs> we're gonna have like three or four more <laughs> <laughs> i f- i thought the second half of the cigar was better than the first half which because you know, it picked up, it picked up, but yeah. it also I feel like the blending decision it took us on a journey as opposed to how many times have we talked about a Nicaraguan manufacturer, you know, wanting to punch you in the face out the out the gate, and then by the second third, the last third, it's a completely dull, dead experience, you know, because they're trying to punch you, you know, on the light. What I like here, what I like, what Malilo did here is that it it was a slow introduction, it was a journey the whole way through. And it kind of picked up as it went for me. And I mm-hmm. thought the second half was much better than the first for me. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So I got to tell you guys, I got a call from a friend of mine the other day 
uh, who was at a bachelor party. They were at a cigar store. They were kind of bouncing around, and they ended up at a, a cigar shop. And What city? Uh, they were in Edgewater. Okay. New Jersey. Yes, okay. Edgewater, yeah. New Jersey. That's an upper end town. Yeah, so these guys weren't like regular lizard cigar smokers like we are smoking. You know, maybe they smoke a cigar a month or at a wedding or very rarely. But, you know, they had some interesting preferences on flavor. So they called and said, hey, what do you think? And they ended up putting me on the phone with the owner of the shop. Are you serious? Yeah, which, like which saying- Which shop were they at? Because I don't know. I don't, I don't remember any- Edgewater shops? There, there's I, only I, one in Fort Lee. There is know. a private club in Edgewater. Yeah. If they were there, I'm not sure if they sell cigars or not. I don't know where they were. So I get this call and I end up on the phone with the shop, you know, the shopkeeper at the time and eventually the owner. I got two people. Like the first one was like, hold on, you got to talk to the owner. I talked to him. It was amazing. I'm, I'm asking him various cigars that he has. Do you have this? Do you have Davidoff Millennium? Do you? Because they told me they wanted something premium and a little bit of flavor. They had a big meal. Like they were ready to. Have a really nice cigar. I got on the phone with these folks, man. They had no idea what was in their humidor. To the point that I'm asking them, do you have Padron 1964? They're telling me, oh, yeah, we have. I'm looking at the band. It says 1964. It's the number 44. It's the number one. I'm like, no, those are not the 1964 line. Every cigar that Padron makes has the 1964 on it because that's when the company was founded. Right. Let's talk about the lines. I'm telling you, it took me 20 minutes to get to the point that they had the Tubo 1964 cigars. I think they got the Soberanos or the Presidentes. But well, those are okay. It, it they had a great, great experience. Yeah, the Soberanos. Are it great. took me 20 minutes to get to that Pre- point. Presidente, wow. how can yeah, you how can you own a business and you don't know your inventory? You don't know what you have. It's a it's a disgrace. Let's just call That's, it for what. I it mean, is. I can understand. I mean, even an employee working there should know. What's, of course. what's in the humidor? It's literally all they do is sell cigars. I don't understand. Like, now figure this. Like, I have a pretty good understanding of New World cigars and what I would recommend to people who are looking for something that's a premium experience. I think all of us would say the same. Now, imagine you're walking in there. You have no idea. You don't have anybody to call. These folks don't know how to communicate with someone who has a good understanding. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, someone who's walking in and saying, No understanding. I'm at a bachelor party. We want a great experience. They don't even know what to recommend them. Wow. I want to know what store this is so I can avoid it. <laughs> I, I was shocked. I think we should buy it. <laughs> because they're ready to put four or $500 down. There were a bunch of guys there. Wow. I think there were 10, 12, 15 guys at this bachelor party. Wow. Ready to make a nice big transaction for the sale. store. It's a good sale. How do you not know what you have? Wow. How do you so not know odd. what to recommend? I mean, Edgewater is an affluent town. Very. You know, there's a lot of guys who live there. Oh, yeah. A lot of younger people who commute into the city. Well, that's right. And probably are cigar smokers. And yeah. I don't I don't even know if... Uh, it must be in Fort Lee. It may be in know. Fort Lee. It could be West New York. It's right on the water. Not far from there, possibly. Well, I'm sure that all of us have experienced this in the past, right? I mean... Well, that's, that's what's sad about this whole story. I mean, there's... Unfortunately, this is a dime a dozen. I mean, if we go back to our former lounge. Yeah. I mean, this is a brick and mortar shop that's existed in the town I live in. For 40 years? For 40 years. And you assume a business with that longevity that the folks in there really know a lot about cigars. And what I was just so shocked to unfortunately learn is, you know, I would ask, what's the difference between this cigar and that cigar? Uh, I I don't know, but they're all great. (laughs) And you're just sitting there like, you're the only reason that I would choose to pay more money Mm -hmm. to buy from a brick and mortar, as opposed to saving money and buying online is because you're either going to tell me something 
that I'm not going to be told on a website, right? You're going to educate me in some way, and that's going to make me purchase something that maybe I wasn't planning on initially, or you're going to demonstrate such great knowledge and recommend stuff that I like and figure out my palette and profile that I want to give my business to you. And when that doesn't happen, it just defeats the purpose. And I say this because we all want to support brick and mortar. I mean, we love our lounge here. I hope anyone that's in this area buys cigars from this place. It's just so frustrating when you go into some of these spots and the people there clearly are not at all serious about cigars. And I just don't know how you run a a business, a cigar shop, a tobacco shop, and not even understand your product and expect people to support it. Especially when you're competing with the internet. Yeah, that's true. And there's something called salesmanship. And it kind of goes to what Senator's saying. You have to know your product. And you have to have a conversation with your with your customer, and understand what they're looking for, and recommend make rec- several recommendations. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, right. Every every lizard deserves a heath tobacconist. <laughs> exactly. There you exactly. go. That's right. Well said. To me, it's like you know when I walk into a brick and mortar place, uh, you know, it's like I'm no expert. <clears throat> We're not experts. We're just maybe one step ahead of someone well, else, or ten steps behind. That's not that's not what we do here. But we know what we like. And but also, I want to walk in and have a conversation with someone, and I want to have when when we're paying the kind of premium you do at a brick and mortar, you're looking for an experience to be curated for you. You're going to sit down. You're going to spend sixty minutes, ninety minutes, two hours, three hours, smoking cigars, meeting new people, having some drinks, and enjoying a relaxing time there. Curate an experience for me. Like ask me the right questions and and take the information I give you and feed you know feed me, you know to some point some place in the humidor that is going to deliver. An excellent experience. I don't understand that kind of yeah. Operation. Honestly, spirits and cigars deserve that kind of attention. Of course, for it to be curated for you as a customer, so you know what to buy and what you want to experience specifically that day, especially if you're with a group of guys after a wedding. You know, this is what makes me realize that Nat Sherman was a boon to me because uh, every time I went there, firstly in one store. There were like six or seven of them working yeah. in That's one small store. 42nd Street location. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you would walk in, and there would be a guy who would come to you as soon as you walked in, and he would start engaging uh, you know, in a conversation with you, try and understand what you're seeking, take you to the humidor, get to the cigar, come in, and sign you out. Meaning the experience was wonderful. In fact, you, know, you talk about Foundation Cigars and Nick Melillo. These were recommended by... Uh, you know, I think I'd mentioned in one of my podcasts, either Cliff or maybe Jeff, uh, who had recommended this to me. And he kind of understood my palate and he wanted me to try a different cigar. Then I, I was in that phase where I was trying a lot of new worlds at that point in time. And it helps you in the process of discovery, right? And um, yeah, and something to be said about old school sales, yeah, you know, course. mentality. Even for us, where we've smoked thousands of cigars in our c- cigar careers. It's nice to walk into a place and just have a conversation and let them recommend. And it's a different experience. Yeah. You know? Especially for somebody who's novice, like a, yeah. a group of guys going into a bachelor party. Yeah, like novice a bachelor or party. even a seasoned cigar just smoker. waving cash around saying, give us a great hour and a half. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> I don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah, because if they walk away with the wrong cigars, they'll never get They're never coming oh, back. Never that's coming exactly back. right. And it's like to me, and I think for I speak for everybody in this room, and I I think I speak for the lizard listener who's who's sitting with us right now. There's nothing more important to me than my time. Even more than money, my time. So when I'm 
offering up my time to you in addition to money. But when I'm offering up my time to you and I'm saying, please help me fill this time with something great, deliver. If this is what you do, this is what you've chosen to do for your career, just do it. Keep an eye out for the future Lizard Lounges coming up (laughs) across the country. Are you going to build them? Uh, Yes. We can't afford it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you the lizard discount. (laughs) All right, boys. So we're coming to the end of our evening here with the Bullet Bourbon and the Foundation Olmec Robusto in Claro. Any final thoughts before we uh, get to our ratings? It did get very peppery for me in the last few. Did it? Yeah. I didn't get a pepper bomb. No. Right now. And I'm very happy it. about that. No, I it's actually, it. I'm, I'm right down to a half inch. It's still quite nice. I mean, just the fact that I think everybody, everybody smoked nubbed this it. to the nub. Yeah. yeah. I mean, truly. I mean, we, we've reviewed some shocking New World cigars that we were pleasantly surprised by, and I don't recall a time that every single person in the room I mean, could feel their fingers burning. That's how far down they're smoking the cigar. All right, so let's do the formal liquor rating on the Bullet Bourbon, which we had in a Manhattan tonight, but we're going to rate the bourbon as it was neat or with ice. Okay. Bam, bam, you're up. I have to give it an eight. Once I put a few chips of ice in the bourbon straight, it was really drinkable, delicious, easy to go down, fantastic. Eight. Okay. Pagoda. Uh, it's an eight for me as well. You know what I'm pleasantly surprised about is um, the fact that I really enjoy the bourbon with uh, with ice. I've I always have bullet in my house, and the reason is because I do tend to make quite a few cocktails for that. <laughs> uh, but having said that, I've never really had a neat, or you know, just as a independent drink with a chip of ice. With a chip of ice, yeah. and this has been fantastic. It's very and pleasant. It has been, in fact, uh, very very pleasant. Yeah. Uh, um, definitely innate for me. And the price point's just unbeatable. Oh, unbeatable. Yeah. Senator. So I'm going to start quickly with the price point. The price point is insane. It's $30 at Total Wine. Wow. Yeah, at Bottle King was a bit more. Yeah. But that's just ridiculous. Crazily affordable. Yeah. I I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it on the rocks. I enjoyed it in the cocktail. You very clearly see why this is stocked in every single bar. I mean, I... I I don't think I've ever walked in a bar that doesn't carry bullet in a Manhattan. It was great. Perfectly served its purpose. Um, you talk about like a large gathering and you know, you just, you, at that point you're kind of preparing for volume, right? This is not like a small gathering of the highest quality. It's what's going to please a large enough crowd and not break the ba- uh, break the bank. And I think this fits in perfectly. So I'm at a very strong eight. I'm also at an eight. Don't need to do the math on that boys. Great bourbon. I'm, I'm really impressed with it. It's surprising, actually. It, it, yeah. it, listen, it served the Manhattan brilliantly, but oh, yeah. by itself with two chips of ice. Delicious. For 30 bucks. I mean, that's yeah. incredible. Pagoda, great job on that cocktail. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Oh, no, thank you for that. Um, I'm ready for another. Yeah, no, I'll definitely make it. <laughs> and then we'll we'll do it again when I get everything, including my own measurement. Uh, oh, you know. Uh, the proprietary pagoda yeah. mix. Dr. P. <laughs> Dr. P mix. The pagoda juice. Dr. P mix. <laughs> yeah, not whack juice, but pagoda, pagoda juice. <laughs> oh my Lord, this is, this is getting horrible. <laughs> so the former liquor rating on the bullet bourbon is a flat 8.0, which I think is a perfect score for that. All right, boys, let's do the former lizard rating on the foundation Olmec Robusto and Claro. Robusto, you're up. Yeah, so just like the bourbon, I think I'm going to score the cigar an eight as well. Woo. 
It was really pleasurable. I would probably, I, I would consider buying some of these. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the way it started out, it would, like you said, it had like nice floral notes and all of that. And I, I love the floral notes. And it kind of built on that. It got, it you know, about, about the halfway point, it kind of built in strength and it, it became like a medium full. And towards the end, I think it almost became like a full Full cigar. Almost. Almost, yeah, in yeah. body, not not so much That's in right. strength, yep. but everything, it was complex, the delivery was was great. So it's an eight for me. Yeah. Senator? I'm in lockstep with Rooster. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I'll start by saying I, I do not think it's fair to call this cigar a beginner cigar. I really don't believe that. I think this is an every person cigar. And some of my favorite cigars are cigars that you know, we talk about the Padron 64 Exclusivo. Sure, that's really built for a somewhat experienced to experienced smoker, but I've given that to countless people who smoke occasionally and they have that and say, wow, this is great. And I think that this has the ability to appeal to someone who's just getting into cigars yeah. as much as it does seasoned, you know, lizards like us, that it had just enough to keep me interested all the way through. I mean, there was not a single point that I sat here and said, this is really boring. I just don't really see how I'd ever pick this up again. I would smoke it again. Um, a cigar like this is especially helpful. We've talked about this many times. When you're in that brick and mortar in a random city, you're traveling, and you need to buy something there. And like, the proprietor has no idea what he has in the humidor. It, that, that as well. <laughs> you got to do your own digging. <laughs> and uh, you know you can't necessarily bring your own. If I saw this there, I would definitely pick it up. I, I know I would have an enjoyable experience. And um, I'm very excited to try this in Maduro as well. So it's a strong eight. Nice. So I'm right there with you guys. It started at a seven for me, for sure. Maybe kind of a high six, low seven, but it really finished strong. The last half was really good. I really enjoyed the, the, the pickup and strength. I thought the flavor really improved. I liked the journey. You know, I liked that we stuck with it. And like Senator said, the fact that we all nubbed it like we did, the fact that I nubbed it down as far as I did, which was probably half an inch or even closer to a quarter of an inch, like burning my fingers, is a real testament to the cigar. So it's an eight for me for sure. And I think if, you know, all indications are accurate, I think the Maduro, if we do that next year, I think we should. I, I, I'm anticipating a really good cigar there. Yeah. So it's an eight for me. Pagoda. Um, I'm a big Nick Melillo fan, meaning Foundation Cigars. As you know, I really enjoy the Tabernacle. I smoke a lot of the Guguentzer. Wawensei. Um, and, uh, you know, this is, uh, I guess, the third cigar I'm smoking, um, which uh, uh, he's manufactured, I guess, uh, but really enjoyed it. Uh, in the beginning, when I got the floral um, taste, I also got, you know, there was some unique flavor, which uh, kind of made me feel like there was some kind of a tea kind of a feel. I really enjoyed that. So I can't even say that I didn't enjoy the first half of half as much because I did and uh, uh, the second half is more you know coming towards my flavor profile as well and uh, yeah in, in, from my perspective reasonably complex you know went from floral all the way I experienced a minerality a little bit of pepper I think a uh, fantastic experience tonight yeah it's an eight for me nice all right bam yeah I think the versatility of this cigar I think matters it means you know you mentioned earlier you'll have it with in the morning with a cup of coffee senator you know, you can smoke this anytime during the day, any season of the year. It's an eight. All right. 
again, we don't have to do the math on that. Another flat 8.0 for the foundation, Olmec, Robusto, and Claro. Nice pairing. Yeah, very nice pairing. And and I'll just say, in closing, going back to kind of the question that I you I was posed, just about to ask you. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, why this is a definite, I mean, clearly the composite score in eight, that's a definite recommend among all the lizards. But um, for me, going back to that question, there really is not another New World Nicaraguan like this. And that's a huge, huge merit for me because I really feel like you know, anytime we light up a Nicaraguan cigar, we like instantly know what we're going to get. We're like, oh, that's a Nicaraguan. You know, <laughs> it's punchy. It's got a lot of flavor, yeah. cocoa, some earth. And the fact that there were notes in this cigar that you don't traditionally get in Nicaraguan cigars. Very unusual. And that they were able to blend this in a way that even when it picked up in strength in the final third, it was still so smooth mm -hmm. in delivery. I mean, none of us would have nubbed this cigar if it got harsh at the end. So I just for all those reasons, I, I'm really, really impressed with the blend and uh, and what they've done with the cigar. For a cigar smoker that's not seasoned and hasn't been smoking cigars for very long, that floral note is so pronounced and it's intermingled with other notes that are distinguished. It it's a great cigar for a, a guy that's been smoking for ten years or for a year, and that's what's unique about this stick, I think. So to double down on my question for you earlier. You said that there was that lane, which I think you just reinforced now, right? Of you see a lane of a smoker who would really enjoy this cigar. Do you have any other cigar callouts that you would throw in that same lane, be it Cuban, be it Dominican, be it a Maduro or non Nicaraguan cigar? Like, do you have any other cigars that you see kind of fitting in that lane? I mean, I think most Cubans are are very easy for someone who's new to cigars to kind of appreciate because none of them are particularly full, right? They're all firmly medium for the most part. So for Cubans, I think it's very easy for someone to find their journey and, and find their way in. With New World cigars, especially Nicaraguan tobacco, it's not that easy for someone who's not an experienced smoker to appreciate in the same way that those of us who have smoked a lot of cigars can. So, you know, for me... I struggle to think of another Nicaraguan cigar that is as accessible palate-wise, right? Not so full and so aggressive, and yet still complex flavor-wise. And unique. And unique it's that unique. I would put ahead of this as like a gateway into Nicaraguan tobacco. Like, you know, Padron, I, I, I always say the Exclusivo is like the gateway, right? We've all had that experience. You have that, and then you just really start to do that deep dive into Padron and just Nicaraguan tobacco generally, but starting at an even more accessible point than mm -hmm. Padron does, because it is a fuller experience in this cigar, I think this is kind of hard to beat as yeah. far as being an entry point into Nicaraguan tobacco. And, you know, I just want to say one more thing. Um, for somebody who's trying the cigar um, as a novice, at least when I used to try them, I used to really like the smoke output. This cigar does have a great smoke output. It does. And very sharp razor burn. And I think yeah. um, just overall, uh, even for somebody wanting to try it, they'll get a good experience of a cigar. Although the smoke uh, may not be very velvety, but it's still a reasonable smoke output and you'll really enjoy it. So I'll definitely give it a, uh, give it a try. I totally agree. And I think the other, you know it's important to mention that we said that this is the third Nick Malilo cigar, third foundation cigar we've done on the pod, and this falls right in the middle. So on episode 95, we did the Wise Man Toro Huaco, which got a 7.8, 
And the Tabernacle Robusto in Maduro got an 8.2. That was a good cigar. That was a good cigar. Very so nice. this ended up right in the middle at an 8.0. So, you know, I wonder, seeing that the Tabernacle Robusto Maduro got an 8.2, I do wonder what this is going to do <laughs> in the Maduro next year. Because I'm, I'm feeling very good that the Maduro is going to really... I happen to like that cigar. I've yeah. only had one. I think you'll like it. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. So an excellent pairing tonight, boys. A flat 8.0 for both the Bullet Bourbon and the Foundation Olmec Robusto and Claro. And Pagoda, again, thank you for the Manhattans, man. They were excellent. And a great night, boys. We'll see you all next week. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for joining us. You can find our merch store and ratings archive at our brand new website, loungelizardspod.com. That's loungelizardspod.com. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, hello at loungelizardspod.com. You can also find us on Instagram, at loungelizardspod. We really appreciate your time, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week.